0: What's up everyone uh, we are checking in after this really disappointing uh, finale to the brown season i'm sure you sure you spent some time with it i'm sure you've processed it i'm, I'm recording this just after midnight try to take a step away eat my feelings that kind of lame stuff as i've tried to kind of gather what happened today and process it and try to try to formulate my thoughts for you in a podcast. So. You know it, it sucked. It's uh it's a 22-17 loss in the divisional round to, to the defending Super Bowl champions. And I, I guess at this point I should introduce myself. This is the OBR film breakdown, and this is Jake Burns. Um, yeah it's it's it sucks, man. It it really it is really hard pill to swallow because, here's here's where I'm at with it, and you guys can have your own opinion, and everybody can be right about this because there is no wrong really, you know you get in these situations where in football things happen within an independent season and people think always think things are going to go right the next season and you just don't know while listen i'm i'm not oblivious to the fact that the browns are set up for success here for a long time you just really you really never know you never know when these opportunities are going to present themselves and you know the browns are are, are, are getting that stop on fourth down pat mahomes leaves uh, unfortunate injury really the one of the weirder concussions that i've ever witnessed where his head didn't impact anything directly but it looked like the neck torque something of the sort there which again was not intentional by mac wilson i think that was overblown by travis kelsey just trying to protect his boy but like it, it it was it was a weird feeling, you know, obviously, you know, Chad Henney comes in, it's so weird seeing Chad Henney being an Ohio team and remembering that name from nearly 14, 14 years ago, but, um, you know, he comes in, they kick a field goal, and it's like, it's okay, you know, because Pat Mahomes might not be back, and while you're not rooting for a concussion, the fact of the situation is the guy's not returning, so... You know, you have this situation in front of, of you where it's like in a year where the Browns have started to really gather momentum. They got everybody back off this improbable, depleted win the week before. You win this game, you go to Buffalo, and you don't have to deal with the full crowd. That's the thing that you, you know, people forget, that the Browns are the wild card here, and they're going on the road. And this is the one year, probably, fingers crossed, hope we get back to normal. But this is the one year where you don't have to deal with capacity crowds. So going on the road is not as daunting a challenge as traditionally going on the road is in playoff games so this is like everything for me it's a confluence of things setting up it's eight minutes left they get that interception and it's like man it's all right in front of you it's it's you know it's at the time of the interception it's 22 17 you have the football with eight minutes left you're thinking at minimum the Browns are going to get two chances to uh to to score the football here and it's like in the blink of an eye a punt has to occur because the Chiefs sniff out a perfectly a perfect defensive call against a screen, and you know, and then all of a sudden they they can't pick up the third down because of of pressure in Baker's face before the dig can pop free, and you're punting, and then you punt and it's four four minutes left, a little over four minutes left. You give up a first down, and then you get them to the point where you're at third and fourteen, and you know the zone coverage is bailing so hard behind uh, the 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 pressure up front. That the, you know, MJ Stewart, who's in curl flat and B.J. Goodson, who's in in middle hook, can't get there in time. Their backs are to, no, no one's thinking Chad Henney's going to run the football. The first thing they're thinking defensively is they're going to run it. If they're not going to run it, they're going to try to throw it past the sticks to push the football downfield. Not going to expect Chad Henney to run. It caught all of us by surprise. The same way the fourth and inches catches you by surprise, thinking, okay, they motioned Darrell Williams into the backfield they're gonna run or they're just gonna not call a play and punt it no they snap it quick and throw this little speed out to tyreek hill it's like it's just the way the game goes you know in the first half an inch or two away from from higgins being into the end zone the football breaks the plane and that's a touchdown so it's the breaks of the game man and it and it and it didn't work out and for me why it's so crushing is you never really know the next year you play a 17th game you play the NFC North who's got some good football teams in it three I think three playoff quality football teams in it and 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 you just year to year you never know what these schedules I get it but it, it would set up really beautifully for the Browns this year, and they did great things and we're going to talk about the great things that they did but I was just really defeated because it felt like everything was coming together you know your margin for error with Kansas City is so small when Mahomes is playing quarterback just to kind of harp on some things and you know, Pat completes that ball on the first drive, and the flat to Williams, and he makes Taki Taki miss, and it goes from, you know, third and ten, eleven to third and one, and it's just third and two. It's just a different. It, you can't. Nothing can go wrong when you play them defensively. You have to try to cover so many layers of the field, and that's where we eventually want the Browns' offense to get. is Is to the point that you're stretching the field and challenging teams horizontally and vertically and they just don't do enough vertically right now but the product of who they have on the football field most of the time they're two wide receivers they play the most are four six five forty guys and above like Richard and Jarvis do some really great things but they're not running past you and defenses don't play like they're running past you they condense everything So almost like the Browns I put it this way on Twitter today it's almost like the Browns are in the red zone on every snap defense is condensed down. They have no fear of being beat deep and they can play the run game. But imagine if you put two guys, the speed and I'm not saying you can find Tyreek Hill type players, uh, guys with his traits or Nicole Hardman type trait guys everywhere, but guys that can run past you and really threaten and scare defenses deep. Maybe Odell Beckham does more of that. I, I think he obviously does. He's, he's a different breed, but you know, they're lacking that and it makes, and I, I, also noted on Twitter, just the level of difficulty of the throws that Mayfield is forced to make as opposed to Mahomes is just so jarring when you watch it on film. It's nothing against Pat's, not Pat's fault. And Pat's proven he can do this stuff. But, like, today when you're watching, it's just easy stuff for Mahomes. I mean, just just easy throws in space with guys creating separation, while Mayfield has to be pinpoint accurate on almost every throw with defenders hanging on his guys or coverage defenders in zone just, just collapsing on a certain uh, part of the field. So it's just, it's just really challenging. And until they kind of find a cure for the personnel issues they have in the passing game, I think it's going to continue to be hard on Mayfield. And look, Baker Mayfield deserves all the credit in the world for making it work. He, he was phenomenal from Week 7 on. Look at the stat line, folks. He was phenomenal. He had one forced, uh, one forced throw today that that I'm sure he would love to have back. Where he did not see Tyron Matthew jump back underneath, coming to, to crash underneath that throw on the run. It's a little across his body, a little back into the middle. Lessons to be learned, but it was 19-3 at the time, and you're just trying to make plays, man. Like they're not they're not running the ball at that point early in the third quarter. It's obviously the first possession of the second half, so he's just trying to make plays, and. Uh, they're lucky that didn't burn them. But but for the most part, man, like, Baker played an A-plus game and proved that he can put an offense on his back because they should they should have had 23 points. I mean, if Higgins scores, they have enough points to win the game. It's just geez. situationally things happen, and, and they, they don't score enough, right? So uh, I get it. We're all extremely frustrated. I'm extremely frustrated, but um, I'm trying my best here to find some silver lining, and there is. Listen, there is. I've just, I've been with the Browns like you have for the years, and you, everybody thought after the 2 season they could come back in 3 even better, they didn't. Everybody thought in the after the 7 season, with the fresh, you know, with hindsight now we know Derek Anderson was a fluke and all these other aspects were fluky, but at the time everyone's like, they'll be back in 8 they didn't come back, and after 14, they'll be back in 15, well, they never came back, and I know this is different, I'm, I'm cool, I'm all in on that, that theory, but you never know, and I just wanted it to happen while we were here and I, I'm like you though I'm, I'm excited for the off season. I'm excited for what's ahead but while we're in the moment and you have a chance to beat Kansas City in Kansas City I just wanted it to happen you know like I'm happy with how the season played out I, I'm, I'm not trying to be like take it all away from me kind of person but like just really wanted them to win that game and I thought they deserved it and it was kind of crushing to watch them not get a chance offensively to go back out and do it again and um yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any other words other than that. It was really frustrating. We'll look at the stats from today. You know, the one that I was looking at and trying to talk to folks about this week was the sack number. If the Browns could get, create uh, a certain volume of sacks, I thought if they were going to look back at being able to beat Pat, now I know Pat was out the la- out the last quarter and a half, but if they could come back and beat them, it was going to come down to, to getting multiple sacks. They only had one Miles Garrett sack on Chad Henney on that last drive to create the third and 14 situation, so... No front four pressure all game. Pat was able to quickly throw into zone wherever he wanted to throw. When he had to hold on to it an extra half beat, he had enough time to do it. Um, (laughs) Look, Kansas City's got a good formula going, man. Extremely talented skill players and just enough offensive line talented to to get them where they need to go. And um, you know, kudos to them. They they played that phase really well. The other phase that I thought the Browns had to dominate was the run game. Number Kansas City put up 123 running uh, rushing yards and. Uh, Cleveland only 112. The Browns only really had one effective rushing quarter. That was the third quarter uh, where Nick Chubb went six carries, 59 yards, and it spilled into the fourth quarter on that Kareem Hunt touchdown early in the fourth quarter that uh, that made it 22-17, to 17, but not much in between there. So, um, you know, it's it's a pretty disappointing thing to lose both of those metrics. I thought they were going to come out. If they were going to win this game, they are going to come out on top of them, and they still had a real chance to do it. Now, Cleveland obviously also... Turns it over two times, so that doesn't help. The, the fumble into the end zones—what we'll, what will what we will obviously all remember—it it is just a killer. It's not, it's not an effort thing for Rashard. He's just trying to stumble in the end zone. He can't even see Sorensen coming. Sorensen leads with his head. Obviously, should have been called. Doesn't get called. Um, you know, it's just uh, typical football game unlucky situations. I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's fighting. He's trying his best. He just doesn't, doesn't pan out for him. I do, I do want to talk. About two players as we as we break down the numbers. I'll bring them up as we go here. Nick Chubb runs 13 times, 69 yards. Kareem Hunt, 6 for 32. Baker, 3 for 11. Had a really gutty, nice quarterback sweep run that I like there. Baker throws 23 of 37, 204, a touchdown and interception. Should have had two touchdowns, as we all know. Rashard Higgins has seven targets for five uh, for five receptions, 88 yards. He played phenomenal football today. You know, the, you can't fumble. You really can't, but that's just like... As fluky as it gets, man. It's tough. David Najoku four for fifty nine. I'm just gonna say it. Some people were trying to pitch the Najoku stuff early in the season as the best tight end on the roster. I didn't buy it at that point. And I don't think that was true up until the last portion of this season. Tight ends, the tight end position is one of the hardest, other than quarterbacks, the hardest position to get for young players. David comes in at 21 uh, as a young, young, young tight end out of Miami. And it's just starting to click for him. I saw a completely different player today. And most of the last portion of the season here, confident, blocking well, believing in his athletic ability, hands catches, running What well. He just, it's clicked. It's clicked. They've got him back for a fifth year. Uh, I'm happy about that. I would try to keep him around long-term if you can, kind of measure out maybe having two big tight end contracts in 2022. And then Hooper has an out after the 2022 season. We'll see how that shakes out. I think that Njoku is a great player. Who's coming into his own as a tight end, and I I do genuinely hope if they do move off from him, they can find a very good trade to help their defense if that's the trade-off. So I just wanted to shout out David. I thought he played really well. Donovan Peoples Jones had a touchdown, or sorry, a nice long reception up the right sideline, one catch, 23. You know, I also didn't jive with that that offensive pass interference call where I thought he was being kind of held at the same time. But whatever. The big problem is that Jarvis Landry had 10 targets, seven catches, twenty yards. He did have a touchdown, but I love, I love Jarvis. This is a conversation we're all going to have to have at some point. I think he's done phenomenal things for the culture of the football team uh, as far as a player can do. Can't control everything. He's not the coach, but he's done a great job in changing culture to an extent that a player can help change culture as a wide receiver. You know, he's a wide receiver. He's not a quarterback. Um, he's done great things. He is also not a big-time separator against defensive backs. Linebackers, yes. Big-time defensive backs. Not even big-time. Just nickel-type players. It's It's a problem doesn't create separation doesn't really break a ton of tackles he just makes some tough catches and that's great but sometimes he's had this issue not sometimes this year he's had a drop issue and that drop today almost cost them a, an interception the other way when it almost landed in um, you know tyron matthews hands so they have a decision to make on jarvis he's he's a great dude he makes he makes some great plays he blocks hard, He plays hard but there are limitations to his game and he operates almost like a pseudo tight end in the same levels of the football field, that they also have tight ends trying to operate in too. So then you get even tighter, more condensed space, and it's just a big problem. And he pay, they pay him a lot of money. Again, I've appreciated everything Jarvis has done here. I'm not totally suggesting they move often, but I think it's a conversation they have to have when they look at how many guys they can have on a football field and how those guys can make plays on this roster I think I think there's a there's a question to be had there maybe it's one more year for Jarvis one more year for Odell then those contracts are kind of something you can move off of at that point after the end of next year I don't know I'm going to trust the guys who are making these decisions because they're smart people I just know that there's there's reasons for concern that are completely and and totally justifiable so take that for what it's worth Um, uh, Jarvis is something they have to entertain I thought Hooper played pretty well three targets two catches 16 yards he dropped a ball in the first series at the right sideline Baker was on the move Thought he should have caught that, but he had an unbelievable fourth down catch there uh, on that on that drive to make it 22-17. That I just thought was phenomenal, uh, and and it was really good to see because he's struggled um, to consistently catch the football. Oddly enough, I think that balances itself out next year. He's a solid tight end. He's not great. I think he's capped to what he is, and I think David has far more potential. We are seeing that potential tapped into. So uh, Hooper's though is a nice nice solid tight end foundational guy. Nick Chubb two two early drops that were tough man uh two catches for four yards the uh i think the second or third drive he had a couple drops there that really hurt the offense might have been the second uh, that ended up hurting them defensively uh seven uh total tackles for terrence mitchell bj goodson six total tackles five for kevin johnson uh says five for t- Taki, Taki, five for mac wilson um you know so uh, listen it was a good it was a as best the defense could play in in the situation, I thought they did. They, they gave up 22 points to Kansas City. And I get it, corner and a half was without Mahomes. But, you know, when you give up 22 to the Chiefs, you expect your offense to find a way to score another touchdown. So uh, they have improvements to be made on the defense. We will spend all offseason talking about how they can improve that that section of their, of their roster. But they did enough to win today. And listen, don't come at me with your Joe Woods stuff. Like, Joe Woods is dealing with pretty serious... Uh, secondary limitations, pretty serious interior defensive line limitations, and obviously we know that they were kind of makeshift patching together linebackers throughout the year. So, like, he did his best he could today. They wanted to keep everything in front of them because there were seriously speed concerns that they obviously had, and... Uh, linebacker coverage down the middle of the field they didn't love, and they just wanted to box everything in the best they could, and they, for the most part, did fine. They, they People were complaining about me. They don't tweak anything. Well, you, you can't you can't blitz Mahomes. You, if you're going to run simulated pressures and walk linebackers up and creep them into the A-gap and creep them up to the line of scrimmage, you have to trust that those guys can also then, from that alignment, drop back into the position they need to drop back into, and they, they can't. They just can't. So you're running the gambit of if you blitz Mahomes, he burns you. We don't want to blitz him. We can't really change up the look up front ton, a ton because that's gonna you know uh, put guys in vulnerable situations dropping into pass coverage and then we have guys in the secondary safety position who are limited runners sandejo carl joseph we can't really do a ton manipulation with those guys so it's a challenge now when when henny came on the field they ran a lot of man you know that catch by tyree kill up the sideline the right sideline was a man-to-man coverage they ran they they flipped it up and if you watch it if you break it down which i'm going to write about in the notes tomorrow from this game at the obr they did they walked down they played simulated pressures they challenged the chiefs offense and they switched it up when they could it's a burden to do with that skill talent and mahomes like a guy who can orchestrate the skill talent like that it's a it's a burden man and they had held the chiefs to 19 points until the point that pat left so they did okay they did okay i understand you're frustrated by the end of the game what happened there we all are a fluke occurrence though Chat henny's not a runner they they it is, I hate to say that it is what it is. He made a play and it's, it's frustrating. You're not going to spy Chad Henney. You're thinking he's going to throw the football downfield. Why would that guy run? He runs. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but you need your offense to score one more time. If they scored one more time, like they're on the inch line with the Higgins, we're having a different conversation right now. So, um, you know, it is, it is a little bit of, of what it is. And it's tough. It's unfortunate. You know, Darrell Williams goes 13 for, 78 for the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes runs for 14 yards. Henny runs for those 12 yards. Mahomes goes 21 of 30, 255 a touchdown. Henny goes 6 of 8, 66 with that terrible, god awful interception uh, handed over.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
0: Tyreek Kill, uncoverable, eight catches, 110. Travis Kelsey, uncoverable, eight catches, 109, a touchdown. Nicole Hardman catches those little flip passes and just makes you pay. He goes four, air quote, catches for 58 yards on those jet sweeps. Uh, Darrell Williams has 16 out of the backfield. Byron Pringle, 14, and then one catch for uh, Demarcus Robinson for 14 as well. Defensively, Tyre Matthew is what he was built to be what he's always been he's all over the football field he's physical in the run game he had that interception just a nuisance he's uh he's different he's different than anyone else they have on that side of the ball brashad breeland Shatavius ward uh sneed six tackles apiece dan Sorensen, six tackles one relatively dirty one you know, but we're not going to waste any more time with that uh, conversation about that hit because we've seen it. We're going to talk about the Action Network now, which we all know the Super Bowl is coming. You guys are getting pumped for that. Maybe maybe you're still heartbroken like me. Maybe you don't even want to think about football. But you, you should probably make some money while the opportunity is there with the conference championships coming up and the Super Bowl as well. So the best way to celebrate the big day is to bet on the game and you want... Uh, to let you know what the best resources are, and that is the Action Network. This is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, the Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting, and with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of that app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game across all the professional leagues. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, So you can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of Pro Systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. You can also track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. This thing's the real deal, guys. So if you're looking to get smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners to this podcast can receive 50% off an annual Pro subscription. Just go to ActionNetwork.com and receive 50% off an annual uh, subscription when you use this promo code IMPORTANT. Breakdown. That's our promo code. Breakdown synonymous with the name of this podcast. The offer won't last long, so go to actionnetwork.com, sign up for the pro subscription, and use the promo code specific to this podcast, Breakdown, to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. So now comes the question of where the Browns go from here. Um, You know, it's easy to get really frustrated and want some changes to happen and uh, you know, consider some things that are a bit irrational because you saw it in real time, the weaknesses, uh, unfolding Like you have to take a step back to analyze where they're at and remember some things. It's the first time they've had 11 wins in a season since 1994. First time they've been to the playoffs since 2002. First time that they've won a playoff game since 1994. And they're left last time that they were the only team in the AFC North left since like 1970 something. Maybe I don't know. I saw that stat left, uh, the other day, but, um, there, there's perspective to be had here. You know, you hire a young, mid, early 30s GM who made a ton of savvy moves. You bring in a late 30s head coach. His first job opportunity knocks it out of the park, and then you bring in. He brings in a staff full of great folks who have a future with the Cleveland Browns, and specifically with the Cleveland Browns. You got to think about this for a minute, guys. This is the first time in a long time that the Browns have had the opportunity to bring back young people at important roles. Uh, and, and not just the players, but, but coaches. And those coaches have surrounded themselves with great personnel people and great assistant and positional coaches who obviously respect and buy into the vision. So instead of worrying about changes to coordinators, changes to head coach, you're looking at, for the first time in a long time, a group of cohesion happening uh, in, in, in Berea. You're looking at uh, a GM and head coach, thought process aligned almost perfectly. I know you all probably don't love Joe Woods right now, but he gets the second year in his defensive system uh, looking at helping to to get and acquire the right people for his system. The same with Kevin's offense, the same with the expanded potential role of Alex Van Pelt. None of these guys are going to go anywhere. There might be a few stragglers who leave for maybe an upgraded position elsewhere, but your core guys, Bill Callahan, Chad O'Shea, uh, Alex Van Pelt those guys are not going anywhere you're gonna have those people back and 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 it's so rare to see the Browns able to build within systems on both sides of the football not only coming back off of maybe a port but they're coming back off of success success that they tasted it was tangible it was right in front of them they should be hungry and they get everybody back in the building. Uh, under the same, there's no new systems to learn. There's no new people to learn. There, It's their guys. It's the people they know. It's the systems they know. It's the vision they understand. And that is so important. It's so important. You guys, we, talk all, we talked all season about how the challenges of the new systems and the challenges of the new people, let's let them have two, three, four years with the same people without ushering in all these different crazy thoughts about replacing people. Let's let them focus on bringing everybody back and building, which is so rare, you will see a difference. You talk about where the Buffalo Bills are from the first year of Sean McDermott to where they are now, they bought into a vision, Leslie Frazier running the defense, Brian Dable running the offense, and they built, they built. That's what you want Cleveland to do too, because that's how you go from the first phase of this to the third phase of it. Secondly, you bring back a quarterback who from week seven on, and I'm going to write about this at some point this week and kind of go back and talk about that harsh article I wrote week one, where he is now about the concerns I had and how he's alleviated them. You have your franchise quarterback. I don't know if that leads to a contract this offseason, or if it leads to a contract, uh, a fifth-year extension, obviously, and then maybe the next offseason. They're not going to be in a rush to do it because both sides know it's going to come together, but um, I'm just excited about that, and you should be excited about the growth of Baker Mayfield and where he's going, and like all of those things are aligned, and the cohesion is going to be so important, and you know, they'll invest a ton of their assets Um, you know, the, 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 those assets will go to defense. They, they maybe have to tweak wide receiver, but those assets are going to go to defense and they're going to spend their draft picks there. They have extra draft picks, uh, mid, mid, mid draft on, and, and they're going to use some free agency dollars there and they're going to improve their personnel. So I don't think you need to worry about change. The cohesion is so important. And I was preaching this before the season about how I needed this group to get to the playoffs so that people could give them patience to get it done because, I have faith that they can get it done. And it started with quarterback, and that's the biggest building block, and they think they have it solved, and I do too. Um, Baker's their guy, and that's uh, going to be wildly important as he forms this relationship with Kevin and Alex over the long haul here and what they can ultimately continue to keep pushing forward to doing as a group of people. Uh, committed to one vision and understanding no undermining no backstab. it's all forward it is a new culture in that building and i think that that is something that we should all be grasping for right now even as the frustration disappointment sadness has happened grab a hold of that and believe in that and i think that that is that is so so important so um I'm looking forward to the off season guys. you have a ton of college tape to break down. It's going to be a weird combine season. I don't know if you've paid any attention to that. The combine is going to be completely different than we've ever seen before. They're going to do regionalized things and it's just not going to be what we're accustomed to. So we're going to at the OBR continue what we've done all season long and, um, you know, with with uh, Stephen Thomas, who's done weekly mock drafts, is just phenomenal stuff. We're going to continue to crush draft content, give you video of players, give you a library of guys' tapes so that you can watch them and, and understand what we're seeing, and we can be prepared for the draft up in Cleveland when it hits, uh, whenever it hits. We'll see what the date ultimately sticks with, but we're just we're pumped about what we can do for you guys this off season. I hope you've enjoyed this season. It's been a uh, unique unique ride unlike any other we've seen in the in the three years now that i've been doing this uh, following the browns uh, especially with the obr and uh, i just hope you enjoyed it i hope you got a lot of uh, a lot of fun out of it. i hope you got a lot of enjoyment out of listening to this podcast and watching the baker youtube videos which we'll have another this week all of that stuff man i hope i hope it's been what you've wanted it to be i hope you've enjoyed this pod again this is maybe you've uh taken you know dipped your foot in the water and and done a subscription with us at the OBR, which again, I remind you, it's only $1 a month to do a subscription for your first month. Sorry, it's $1 for your first month just to see if you believe in what we have. And this is the time that the OBR shines. The off-season rumors are hot. We always have the most up-to-date stuff coming out of the building. We have all of those things. We have the draft content. We'll do full season recaps and looking forward to what's ahead. And and um, I just want you to know I had a ton of fun this year. You guys were interactive, and uh, we we got to follow a winner uh, for the first time in forever and that was great and that was fun and it was unique and i hope we continue to taste that in the future so um join us if you haven't joined us please do it's great it's great content it's great fun Uh, i appreciate you guys very much if you have not subscribed to this podcast i would appreciate if you do leave us a review preferably five stars if you could those are always genuinely appreciated and um yeah we'll sign off for now we'll be back with some position reviews and, and looking ahead next week and maybe talking to some people who have been in the building about the vibe and culture and all of that and listen i just i hope you enjoyed it i hope you're okay tonight you've come to grips with it like i have and and uh, i hope your morning's okay here as you're listening to this podcast so you know kick this week's ass have a great monday guys and until we and i should too apologize i don't know what happened to that corrupted file with the chiefs preview hopefully that doesn't happen again here so spotify iTunes, all the others. Try to try to find us wherever you can. So, um, again, thanks, guys. Have a great day, and as usual, go Browns.